Bibles, if you would, the book of Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, do you ever get tired? I mean, uh, uh, you may say something like, I'm so tired I can hardly put one foot in front of the other. You know, we get that way sometimes. We have statements like this that express how tired we are. Uh, sometimes we take a little pride in how tired, tired we are. And, 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 we, and we say stuff like, a, you may be tired, but you're not as tired as I am. Uh, probably some man said that somewhere along the way. Uh, uh, we, we do live in a fast-paced uh, uh, time in our life. Um, everything is going on so fast. We have responsibilities. We have things to do. And, and if we don't do it, they don't get done. Uh, and and uh, I, for one, understand uh, how you can get tired. And um, if someone else doesn't do it, it won't. If someone else does it, it won't be done right. And and uh, you have you put that pressure on yourselves. And and uh, it just seems like you just uh, you just continue to do it yourself because you're afraid. It's not going to be done right, and and we exhaust ourselves many times. We and we say, "I've got to slow down. I've got to get some rest." And and I think some folks, uh, uh, unfortunately, use Sunday morning to catch up on some of that rest. Uh, we, you know, we. Have no problem getting up at you know seven or eight o'clock in the morning throughout the week, but. Uh, but uh, uh, but when Sunday morning comes around, uh, we just can't get up before nine o'clock. I don't understand that. Uh, I don't see how that works. Uh, but uh, but but we uh, uh, we some people use Sunday mornings to catch up on the rest. Uh, we may say Saturday, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to catch up on my rest. And and uh, and life can make you tired, can't it? Life can make you tired. I don't know what to tell you about being physically uh, tired, but, but sometimes we get spiritually tired. Uh, sometimes we get spiritually tired. If you're spiritually tired, God has a message for you today. Uh, if you're spiritually tired, God has a message. I want you to, to read in, in Hebrews chapter number 4 this, this morning. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. Uh, if you're physically able to stand for the reading of the Word of God, I ask you to stand as we read the text this morning. The Bible says, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being uh, left of us is of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, and well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in, that, in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they that to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day uh, a certain day, saying in David, uh, "Today, after so long a time, it shall be." It is said, "Today, if you will hear his voice, 
harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, they would, uh, then would he not afterward uh, have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the some examples of unbelief. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all that's come together this morning. I pray, dear Lord, as we as we go through this message, that you will give us a, uh, some insight about the rest that we have in you, dear Lord. We know that you have done the work, and and, and we need to receive the, the work that you have done and, and enter into your rest, dear Lord, and that we might be spiritually at rest with you, dear Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Uh, thank you for your goodness and your love in our lives. I just pray to you, Lord, you would just bless us today as we uh, hear from you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. <coughs> you may be here today and you're tired spiritually. God has a message for you today, a remedy for your tiredness. Um, did you know that religion as people of the world today, no religion will wear you out. It'll wear you out. Uh, there, there, um, um, there, there is no rest like the rest we find in Jesus. Uh, the book of Hebrews is a sermon to Messianic Jews. And what I mean by that, there are Jews who, who have uh, accepted that, that Jesus was the Messiah, that, that he came and he lived and he died. They're, they're true followers of Christ, but they're from the Jewish nation. Uh, the book of Hebrews was written with them in mind, people who were familiar with the law of Moses and, uh, and, and had uh, knew about the rituals of the law. And, and, and now they have come to Christ and, 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 and the writer of the book of Hebrews is instructing them uh, in their, their Christian uh, growth, their spiritual growth. Chapter four begins uh, with up to this point, the third encouragement in this book. It's, it's uh, three different things that's happened up until this point. Verse uh, one of our, our text says, uh, let us fear. Now, uh, what has he been talking about up to this point is, is the deadly danger of unbelief. There is a danger in unbelief. You may say, I'm a believer. I could never doubt what God said. There are many who have believed in Christ as the payment of their sins, as it relates to their salvation, uh, but many still have not believed about what God is, is, says, says about meeting their needs, uh, what God has said about supplying their needs, about, uh, about being there with them all of the time. Uh, they have not accepted what God has said about those things. I want you to understand that nothing good comes from unbelief. Nothing uh, comes good comes from not believing what God said. Uh, not one good thing comes in life because you refuse to believe. 
When the writers of the New Testament want to give an example of the dangers of unbelief, they always go back to the time when, when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and they got to the place of uh, uh, Kadesh Barnea and sent ten men into the promised land and, and they came back with a report. Uh, all they had to do was take a few steps and they would have possessed the promised land. They, just, they, they, they came right to the edge and they didn't go in. The land flowed with milk and honey. But because of unbelief, they refused to go in. The writer is saying this about these people. You have been saved and you haven't gone deeper into your Christian life. Uh, you haven't grown spiritually. Uh, you haven't gotten serious with your Christian life. You have, you have just gotten to the rim, to the edge of your Christian life. Listen, folks, uh, we have too many people today that have been saved. They, they've sat on the pews. They, they, they don't want to grow. They don't read their Bibles. They don't pray like they want to. And they wonder why they don't get anything out of the service. Listen, uh, there, there is something more than just being saved. You've got to take a few steps and go a little further and to get deeper into the Word and get, get, get serious with God. And uh, our churches are full of folks that are just, they're here, uh, they're saved, sanctified, and petrified. Uh, you know, that you can't get them to do anything. They just want to show up. Uh, they want to participate. They want to enjoy uh, the atmosphere of the service. And, and when they leave the doors, uh, they, I see a next Sunday preacher. Uh, and they have no enrichment in your lives. And I, I want to encourage us to go a little deeper. To step off into Christianity and, and let God do something. You, you've got to taste what it means to be saved. Uh, uh, you, uh, you've just got to taste what it means. And uh, uh, it's because of unbelief that you're not growing a victorious life in Jesus. It's unbelief. Here, here's the problem. And in, in chapter uh, uh, three of our of our uh, of chapter he of Hebrews, verse number twelve, it says, "Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you uh, an evil heart of unbelief." That that is talking about believers. He's not talking about people who haven't believed in Christ. They have believed. Well, they're brethren. But they have an evil heart of unbelief. Uh, can you have that? Uh, you better believe you can have that. You can be a believer in Christ, but have an evil heart of unbelief in what the promises of God says. Well, there may be some here today that might have to admit, that's me. I, I have this evil heart. Heart of unbelief. Look at look at uh, uh, verses eighteen and nineteen of, of chapter three. It says, "And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not." So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Listen, God has some rest for you, but you must enter in to believing in Him. Put your faith in Him. There's going to be some Christians who are going to be wilderness Christians. There are going to be uh, some Christians who are going to be conquering Christians in the promised land. There's going to be some that, that, that we're okay where we're at. That's, you know, there's giants in the land. I don't want to go there. 
Uh, but there's some that's going to be saying, hey, let's go. We can do this. And, and the question is, where do you fall today? Where is it that you stand in your, in your life to God today? Where are you at? Uh, do you know the difference between a wilderness Christian and, and those who are in the land where God wants him to be? One believes and the other doesn't believe. One takes God at his word. The other is skeptical. One says, I'm going to obey even if I don't understand it. The other says, the only way I'll obey is if I understand all that God says. If you're waiting to understand all that God says before you obey, chances are you will never obey. You will never obey. There's a lot about the word of God that we don't understand. But that should not keep us from obeying what God says. There's a lot that I don't understand. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that, that got into the family of God, but never went any further than that. Never went any further than that. That's not God's will for your life. God didn't save you to do nothing for him. He hasn't saved anybody to do nothing for him. God wants you to grow and to prosper in the work. He wants you to be active. He wants you to do something. He wants you to be involved. To see how serious this is, uh, about this God is about this, look at verse 1. It says, let us fear. Why are there some that get saved and that's all that they do? They will never grow in their spiritual life. They will never develop spiritually the way that God wants them to. They will never have great faith in God. Look at verse number 2. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. That's kind of strange. He said the word preached did not profit them. So you, you may say, that doesn't make sense. I, I thought the word was alive, and, 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 uh, and it is. I thought the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints, and the marrow, and it is. But why is the word preached not profitable? First, the last part of verse number two, uh, it says, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The reason why uh, it's, it's not profitable for them, it's, it's not mixed with faith. Listen, the problem is a lack of faith in what God says. We want to see it. We want it spelled out for us before we, before we take a step. Uh, we need to go in it blind, understand that God knows what's around it. Did, did you read what's on the sign? I can't remember the exact words, but uh, uh, don't rest your uncertain future or, or put trust your uncertain future in, how did I say it? In, in a God who knows, this, uh, the all-knowing God. Trust your uncertain future in an all-knowing God. Listen, I, I don't know what's coming around the corner tomorrow. God does. And, 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 you know, we, we aren't capable of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. 
We, 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 will, we will break down. We will destroy ourselves worrying about what's coming around the corner. But we, we serve a God who already got it covered. Amen. He's already there. He already knows about it. He already knows whatever's going to affect you in this next week. God's already there. And he knows about it. Uh, why do we try to struggle through these things ourselves instead of just leaning on God for to help us get through these things? Um, I, can, I can preach the word and others can preach the word, but no one can exercise faith in the word for you. I can't teach you to be faithful. I, I can teach you the principles of what will happen if you are faithful. If you exercise faith, you know, I, can, I can tell you what's going to happen because I have experienced it. But you've got to decide yourself. You've got to put faith to practice. You say, I, I, I just don't see how it's going to happen. Well, you don't have to see how it's going to happen. Put your faith in God. He, he'll take care of what's going to happen. We don't have to understand everything uh, that, that, that's coming up that, down the road. Uh, you know, it, it, we, we talk about the Word of God and how it's a, it's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And, and, we, and we think that God, His Word is gonna, it's like a floodlight. It shines way down the road to show where we're going. No, it doesn't show us where we're going. It just says where to take the next step. It's a light unto my path. And we just take that next step. And, and, and what's next? Well, we watch for the next step. We don't know where life is going to take us. We don't know where God's going to bring us in our Christian life. But we need to be faithful to follow Him every step of the way and see what happens. Others are sitting by and are thinking, when, when is He ever going to be finished? I, I've got a restaurant that I need to get to before the wait gets long. Uh, I've got a game that I can't wait to watch, and I got a nap to take. Please hurry. Do you, do you know what the difference is? Faith. It, it's like making a cake, and you put in the flour, and you put in the sugar, and the eggs, and oil, and whatever stuff else you put in it, and you don't mix it together. You just pour it into the baking pan, put it in the oven, and wonder why the cake don't come out. <laughs> You know, I'm not a baker, but, uh, but some of you are that way in your Christian life. You have all the ingredients. You have the word of God. It's not that you don't know the will of God, but, but all, all of that it has to be mixed together with faith. And, and, and that's why some are saved and on their way to heaven, but that's it. That's as far as they go. There are some that hear the word of God, and, and as they hear the word of God, they claim the word of God in their heart. They mix it with faith. They mix it with faith. They grow as a result of it. It's so interesting when you see some people get saved and they just blossom. I, I came from a land that I saw that. First, first generation Christians. That's not a term you use here in the United States because most everybody in the United States has some distant relative that was, that was saved. Not everybody, but most. First generation Christians means uh, someone who gets saved and has absolutely no relative of theirs who is saved. No one. 
to watch them grow, to blossom, desire the Word of God, and to, to learn and watch their lives change. And, and, and it's a blessing to see that happen. It's a joy to see that happen. And you come back to the States, and there's people that's been, been saved for years and years and years, and they've never made a change in their life. They're, they're just barely saved, and they've never really grown in Christ. They, you must hear the word and receive the word with faith. And it has to be mixed with faith before you're able to grow. The writer of Hebrews here in this, this area, this text says, rest, he used the word rest nine times in this text. When you're hearing the word, believing the word mixed with faith, the Bible says that's what it's, it is to rest in the Lord. Some tragedy comes in your life and something unexpected comes in your life. Rest in the Lord. What does it mean to rest in the Lord? Well, he talks about two different kinds of rest here today. Uh, first first uh, thing is the past rest. It mentions a, a, a creation rest. In verse number four, it says, For he spake uh, in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise... And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. I'm going to show you how to rest. We're going to start with God and creation. The writers of the New Testament never questioned the Genesis account of creation. There are liberal teachers with their PhDs and things in the world today that question Genesis' account of creation. But the writers of the New Testament did not including Jesus Christ. He didn't question the Genesis account of creation. The Bible says that God spoke the world into existence. We serve a great God, don't we? He just speaks, and there it is. It's just, he's just spoken word. That's the power of God. There is power in the spoken word of God. Then he said on the seventh day, God rested. God rested not because he was tired, but because he was finished. He was finished. God looked at all he created and he said, it is good. It is good. Then on the seventh day, he rested. Not long after God had finished all the work of creation, man fell up on the sin. So God left his time of rest and began to work again, not on creation, but on redemption on redemption. There, there is a creation rest that God spoke about. God finished. It was good and God rested. And, and not only was there a creation rest, but there was a Canaan rest. Verses 5 through 8 talks about that. And, and, and uh, verse number 5 says, and, and this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some may enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. He's talking about the children of Israel at Kadesh Barnaria. Uh, again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. These verses are talking about when Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. Verse number uh, uh, 10 of the 12, uh, 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 8 of 
the ten, uh, said the land is, is, uh, uh, is everything that God, uh, I guess it was ten of the twelve. There was twelve of them that went in. Uh, the land is everything that God said it was. The land is flowing with milk and honey. Uh, they're, they're, but there are giants in the land. And there's no way we can go in and take the land. We, we are but grasshoppers to them. This was their report, the, the majority report. Uh, with the, the, it, we are grasshoppers in the sight of all those giants. But then there was the two, uh, Joshua and Caleb, they came back. They saw the same thing that the ten did, the minority report. Uh, it says that the land was everything God said it was. The land is flowing with milk and honey. And yes, there are giants in the land. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. You know the difference between the two? Uh, that the two had faith. The two had faith. The other were unbelievers. They didn't believe. They didn't trust. And for 40 more years, they wandered in the, the, the wilderness because of their lack of faith. How many years are you going to wander in the wilderness because of your lack of faith? At what point are you going to step out into the promised land that God has designed for you to rest in Him? At what point, how many years will you go by before you step out into His world that He wants for you, the life that He wants for you? They were willing to believe God. It doesn't matter what the majority believes. It only matters what God says and, and that you believe what God says. I wish our country will see it this way. I wish our church would see it this way. It doesn't matter what else, what everybody else believes. We don't, it doesn't matter what's popular in our belief system uh, in the world today. It matters what God says. It matters what God says. That's what counts. We must believe what He says. He, we see there is a past rest, a creation rest, and a canon rest. And secondly, I want us to see the promised rest. There's three things concerning the promised rest that I hope you understand today. I want, I want you to experience a rest to your soul that only Jesus can give. Have you had a tired soul? Remember before you were saved how you wondered about heaven? Uh, worried about hell? You were trying hard to measure up and please God? You were working to be good and falling many times? You, they, 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 that will wear you out. Make your soul tired. Do you really think you're going to impress God with your works? You, you're not going to impress Him. The good news of the gospel is you don't have to impress God. Amen. You, you can rest in the finished work of the gospel and you can go through life as if you're already there. Listen, that's what God wants us to do. There's a rest. Uh, the finished work of salvation. Verse number 10 says, For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. What's he talking about? When you're saved, you're entering into God's rest. We are saved not on the basis of what we do. We are saved on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross. Those those places of... Uh, 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 those people that have, have been in, in different religions before getting saved, they, 
There were many other religions were based upon accomplishing certain tasks in your life. And, and you worked and you worked hard. Listen, you don't have to go around to a half dozen churches uh, be it to be spiritual enough uh, to be accepted by Christ. You don't have to do good deeds and, and be a good neighbor. neighbor. Uh, we, we need to just rest in what Jesus has already done. Listen, he's done the work on the cross. Remember what he was doing? What he said while he was dying on the cross? He says, it is finished. It is finished. What is finished? The work that is necessary for us to be saved. He finished the work. Why are we trying to add to it? You can't add to uh, that with your works. We're talking about salvation here. Trying to be saved. People trying to work to be saved. Jesus has done the work for you. There are people in Jesus' day that were busy doing rituals. And that's who the Bible is talking about here. They were busy uh, doing the rituals of the law. They, they, were, they were Jews. They were, um, they were busy doing the rituals and performance to try to please God. People today are trying to do things for salvation. And I feel sorry for those who are trying to earn salvation. What, what if they don't do enough? How are you going to know that you've done enough? How do they know? At what point can you start resting in what you have done? At what, how would you know? From the time you get saved to the time you stand before Him, you can rest in Him. He's done the work. Rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We need to rest in salvation. But the second thing I want us to see is the rest of sanctification. Verse number 11 says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Uh, you may have noticed something here that seems peculiar. This, this sounds like a contradiction. All, all we have to do is rest in Jesus Christ. That's, that's all we need to do. Here it says, let us labor. What, what's going on here? What's it mean? Do we rest in Jesus or do we labor? This word labor has the idea of speed or diligence. Let us, uh, let us be diligent. It's the idea of intense concentration. What he is saying here is whatever you do, do not miss this. You are to rest in Jesus and don't let this opportunity uh, to rest pass you by. He's talking to Jews who had been brought up obeying the law of Moses. And they now have been saved. They've accepted Christ as the Savior. And, and, and some of them are, are still trying to follow the law. They're still trying to follow the rituals so that they can please God. They, they, they're, they're missing the, the grace about Jesus, uh, about, about what he'd done for him, them. They're following the laws and the sacrifices. Uh, some of you may have been saved from one of those religious groups today that teach you you must do this and you must do that. And you, some of you are still trying to keep those things. There are many things that we don't know about salvation, but we can't and we, and we can't completely understand how grace works. Uh, we can't understand how eternity will be. I, I don't understand what it, what it means for eternity. One thing I do know is that when, when I asked Jesus to save me, He did. And I'm going to heaven one day because of Him, not because of what I have done to please Him, to be accepted. Jesus said in Matthew uh, 11, 28, says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. When He says, Come unto me, He's talking about salvation. 
He is talking to Jews who are trying to keep the law. They are weary trying to live up to a certain standard. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then in verse 29 it says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. That is sanctification. This is what Jesus is doing in your life as you grow in him. If I would ask you today, are you saved? Most here would probably say, yes, I'm saved. If I would ask you today, are you living a sanctified life? How many of you could say, yes, I'm living a sanctified life? I, I have been saved. I have come unto him and I have put on his yoke. I am sanctified. You can have a, a rest in salvation. You can have a rest in sanctification. If the Christian life is hard, uh, difficult and burdensome to you, you're not living the Christian life in the, in the New Testament. It's not, it's not a chore. I, I, I'm amazed when, when we need certain jobs done in the church. People say, I'm, I'm wore out doing what I'm doing. I can't do anymore. You know, are you, are you really um, that burdened with doing the Lord's work? The, the Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. Is it, do, you, do you not enjoy what you do? I, I mean, uh, they, they tell kids, if, if, you, if, you, if you don't want to ever have to work a day in your life, do something that you like to do. And, and you'll never have to work. You won't dread going to work because you enjoy what you do. Listen. Doing the work here at the Lord's and doing the Lord's work should not be a burden. It should be a joy. You get to do something for God. Listen, look what he's done for you. Is it that much of a burden? Uh, uh, all you do is struggle and strain and you're sour because no one cares as much as you do. It, sometimes it's made you mean and cranky. You never smile. You never have any fun. It, it, and, and that's Christianity? That is not Christianity. As Jesus said, you need to take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto, my, unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, the yoke of legalism will also wear you down. Legalism is heavy and, and always hard. When you rest in Jesus, he does the hard work for you. You just have to hang on for the ride. And wow, what a ride. There's rest and salvation. Rest, uh, it doesn't depend upon you. It depends upon Jesus. There's rest and sanctification. Live the Christian life, not with burdens, but resting in Jesus. And thirdly, there's the rest of glorification. Look at verse number nine of our text. It says, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. There is a rest that comes in the future. Do you ever worry about the future? Just rest in Jesus. He has the future all taken care of for us. You don't have to worry about it. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13 says, uh, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the day which die in the Lord. Listen, there's only two ways to die. You can either die in the Lord or you can die in your sins. He continues to says, from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. 
talking about resting and glorification. That is what uh, death is to believer. Death is resting in the arms of Jesus. Listen, we've got a, we've got a glorious day in our glorification uh, coming uh, in the future. We don't know when that's going to happen, but we're going to have a rest in our glorification. There are, there are a lot of things that we do in this world that really doesn't matter. That the yard that we work so hard to make it look like the nicest one in the community, you know, that really doesn't matter. I, I'm, you know, I, I want my yard to look good. But that, that's not as important. That, that big tasty meal that you put so much time into to, to prepare, it, it's good. But you know what? You're going to have to do that again. You're going to have to do it over and over again in order to, to maintain it and those things. But what you do for Jesus really matters. Amen. It really matters. It matters today what you do for Jesus. And it matters for an eternity what you do for Jesus. What is it that makes you tired? Are you tired of, uh, of life? Or are you? is it just a matter of our attitude, how we deal with the things that we have to do? Listen, there's work to be done. I get tired just like everyone else does. We all, we all get tired. But doing the work of the Lord should never wear us out to the point that we've had it. Listen, it should be a joy. It should be an honor. We have a new program starting up, trying to get started here, CARE. I don't want to avoid the, the word itself, care. Didn't talk about that much at our first meeting, do we? Do we care? Christians actively reaching everyone. There's, there's more participation that we need in that. I know that night we had a torrential rain and there was a lot of people that couldn't come. And, and we're going to have another meeting for those who really would like to participate. Maybe you can't come on Tuesday nights. Maybe we'll have a, a meeting on, on, a, on a Sunday uh, evening about 5 o'clock. For those who want to participate in that, you want to find out about that, how you can fit into the, in, into the program. But listen, we, there's work to be done. It's not a burden. It's a joy. It's a joy to serve the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're one of those that's been saved and that's it. You're going to heaven. You're, you know you're going to heaven, but that's as far as you're taking it. You're just tipping your, sticking your toe in the promised land, the land of God's blessings. And you wonder how much, why it's such a struggle in your life. Maybe you need to make that another step. Mix a little faith with what God's already said, what God's already promised, and claim the promises that He is He has made for you. Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be everything that you want us to be. Help us not to hold back. Help us not to be afraid to step out in new areas of, uh, of ministry. Help us, dear Lord, to, to just be everything that you want us to be. Help us to not go through life missing what you had for us if we'd have just had faith in our life. And 
rested in you, dear Lord. I just pray, dear Lord, that you would just help us all to examine our lives, see the changes that we need to make, and make those changes this morning. But the Lord, if there's someone here that needs to be saved, I pray that they'll make that decision to trust Jesus as their Savior this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Thank you for all the work that you've done for our salvation. Thank you for the grace that you extend to us. The times that we fail you, dear Lord, you still love us. You still want to use us. You still want us to, to move forward for you. We're so thankful for that kind of love that, that does that for us. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for everything you've blessed us with. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.